Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And my name is Buddy Wood. In episode 6, we talked about Abram's encounter with God, and God had called him to leave his country, and that God would bless him and uh, make him a great nation, and that all the families of the earth would be blessed because of his relationship with God. And that sparked me to talk about, well, you know what, I've heard with, from God too, and also I have a relationship with God. And so I told a little bit of my history and my story about hearing from God. Denise, would you like to share a little bit about your hearing from God? Sure. First of all, this is episode seven, entitled The Covenant, and uh, it coincides with chapter six of our book, Remnants of Ur. Before I talk about hearing the voice of God, I want to clarify with the audience about hearing God's voice. We do not hear voices. That is a whole different subject. Right. The voice of God speaks to your spirit, and some have called it following your heart, a gut feeling, intuition, uh, your conscience. And like Buddy said last episode and the episode before, it can easily be ignored. Yeah. It's a still small voice, especially with all the technology today and distractions and continual noise. Our attention span is getting shorter and shorter. So to in order to hear the voice of God, you... You need to find a quiet place. Yeah, and you need to seek. You need to, first of all, believe that there is a God. Right. And that He is able to communicate with you. Yeah. And one might argue that, well, if it's your gut feeling or intuition, then it's just you. Right. There is no God. But when I experienced it, I realized it wasn't just me because the revelations that came were far wiser and more knowledgeable than myself. I also was shown the future, and the things I was shown came to pass with accuracy. Yeah. It was definitely not just me. Right. Something beyond me was there for me when I needed it. Right. And I call God him. God does not have genitals. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, so... <laughs> okay. No, uh, no, but, you no, know, and to, to yeah. the, the people that uh, maybe they've been abused by a father figure and they cannot come to a place that they can accept, you know, right. we always call God him, him, right. him. We do that, but in reality, God is neither male or female. Correct. And, you know, and the thing it is, uh, um, so yeah, that's, that's just a... And I find it interesting that the term Holy Spirit that Christ used mm -hmm. in the first century, in the Aramaic word, Holy Spirit, it's a feminine term. Okay. So anyway, I just wanted to say that for people who might be like, I cannot accept that God is him. Right. 
You, you don't have to. Right. And what I would like to mention also is that, you know, we're talking about hearing from God and how to distinguish your own thoughts. Anyways, how to distinguish God's voice. And what I know for me, God showed you things you didn't know, things that were beyond you, and revealed himself to you in a beautiful way. And But for me, when God started dealing with me uh, after I had given my heart to him, is that uh, he would ask me to do things I didn't want to do. So that's one way of knowing that for me that, well, this ain't me because I, I sure don't want to do that. <laughs> You know, so that that's yes. that's another thing that I thought I might can. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the first time that I heard the voice of God, I was in a very tough situation. I was going to church three times a week, and like many Christians, I was just hoping that Jesus would hurry and come back to rescue me. Um, looking back now, the only joy I had in living during that time were my children. Michael was three, Daniel was two, and Amanda was only a few months old. At that time, I was working two jobs as a nurse, and my ex-husband was a stay-at-home dad who refused to do housework or laundry. Uh, It wasn't the exhausting lifestyle that was pushing me to the brink. It was the insufficient fund notices coming from the bank on a daily basis. And this was before the days of cell phones or online banking, so I couldn't easily check out as to why this was happening. Uh, My ex-husband James would call the bank and argue with them, so I knew it wasn't him. I literally felt like I was sinking, and I knew that I couldn't work any more than I already did to fix the account. What I didn't know on that day was that my ex-husband had been stealing money from our account to buy drugs. It was in June of 1988 that this happened, and that's the month that you set out with the cross. And that's something. It's really interesting. interesting. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and we didn't know each other. On that day, I happened to be alone at home, and um, you can say I lost it. I had a serious meltdown. I cried out to God with everything in my being and said, if you will just speak to me and tell me what to do, I will do anything. Almost immediately, I had the sensation of being swaddled in a warm blanket. The The feeling of peace that flooded over me was unlike anything I had ever experienced. And it was then that God spoke to my spirit and said, I'm here, and I will show you what to do. That day changed me forever. I never wanted to leave (laughs) that blanket. (laughs) No, I wouldn't either. It's like those people that get to go to heaven, and then they have to come back to earth. (laughs) Those near-death experiences. And that's what it felt like. It felt like a near-death experience where where they were explaining, like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. finally— you know, in this amazing, loving presence. Yeah. And uh, so I was determined to do whatever. Okay, what do you want me to do? Just tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And after that day, instead of wanting to be rescued from this wicked world, I woke up with an excitement to see what the day would bring. And whatever <laughs> God told me to do, I did it immediately. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Over the The next six months, it is when I had a spiritual visitation, and God showed me so much 
through the Bible about the condition of the Christian church. I had no idea at the time that there was a problem. Right. But he let me know there's a serious problem. And I want you to follow me in a spiritual sense and start to leave some of your religious beliefs behind. He led me out of a toxic relationship, and he gave me a promise of a husband who would be my spiritual soulmate. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Lord have mercy. (laughs) But but he he always uh, jokes at me and says, oh, wow, I was your gift. Aren't you a lucky one? (laughs) (laughs) So this episode coincides with chapter six in the book called The Covenant. And we're studying the story of Abram. And I just want to make a strong statement here that I am not criticizing Abram. I'm wanting to point out the humanness of a man who is heavily influenced by Mesopotamian culture, so we can learn in this generation from his mistakes. Yeah. The next passage has had a profound effect and has laid the foundation for the belief that the descendants of Abram have a sacred covenant with God to possess the land of Canaan. In chapter 15, Abram sought God for answers about his lack of an heir and about the land That he should inherit. God had Abram look at the stars and let him know that his descendants would be unable to be numbered just like the stars in heaven. It is written that Abram believed in the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness. Then God said, That I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur to give you this land to inherit it. Abram was not so confident to believe God about inheriting the land as he had been about the descendants, and Abram asked God how he would know that he would inherit the land. Abram was wanting a sign. God answered Abram and instructed him to gather a heifer of three years, a she-goat of three years, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Before God could give further instructions, Abram dismembered the animals. What is the significance of this? Abram was demonstrating an ancient Mesopotamian practice called a covenant. The practice involved two entities entering into an agreement with each other, and then an oath was performed to seal the deal. The oath involved taking an animal— naming it with the name of the oathmaker and dismembering it. It was a sign that if the oathmaker reneged on his promise, that the same fate of being dismembered would happen to the oathmaker. So let's evaluate this scene. Abraham believed God about the descendants, but when it came to inheriting the land, he needed a sign. Christ taught that an evil generation seeks a sign. Unfortunately, Abraham couldn't just believe that he would inherit the land simply because God said it. He wanted more proof. Abraham did the only thing he knew to do, and that was to make an oath with God. So in essence, Abraham was acting out a Mesopotamian practice that he learned in Ur and was saying, Okay, God, 
if you don't come through with this promise, you will be dismembered like these animals. Uh, wait a minute. You know, I, I just, that's a little, I just can't believe that a person would do that. I understand it was from his culture and his upbringing and what he was learned, but I mean, that's just a awfully bold well, that's that's it's just you know. a great example how culture and beliefs play a major role in our actions. Yeah. Uh, and he believed that's what you do. If you're coming together and making an oath with God, you're going to perform this ritual. And and he might not have been conscious of that. It, he was just used to the ritual. Yeah. So he was performing the ritual. Right. And that is why Christ, in Matthew chapter 5, 33, taught against making oaths. He called them evil and said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Do not perform oaths. And so after Abram dismembered the animals, it is written that a deep sleep fell upon him and a horror of great darkness came upon him. And that's like, I mean, darkness falling upon you, a horror of darkness. I mean, that's like, that's like the dark side, the dark spiritual side, just like falling upon you. That had been the most horrific, scary thing, you know. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, we talk about spirituality and the spirit that we come from is love and kindness, treating people the way you want to be treated, loving your neighbor as much as you love yourself, love God with all your heart. There is definitely a dark spiritual side that exists. And that day, Abraham experienced it. Fell upon him. It fell upon him. And after that, he had a horrific nightmare that his descendants would be captives in, and be enslaved in a foreign land for 400 years. And that is the second story that God showed me about how he views treating the animals. That was a negative reinforcement for Abram right. to he, say, you do not need to do this. Yeah, Abram cut these animals up, and God was not happy about it. That's correct. And by sending his descendants into a foreign land and being captive for 400 years, as we saw in Egypt, they were not able to practice their religion for 400 years. And so, yeah, so God was kind of hoping, all right, since you can't do these silly animal sacrifices, these horrific animal sacrifices anymore, maybe you'll develop a a spiritual relationship with me like I'm trying to set up with you guys. Right. You know. So it was from this story that Abram's descendants believe today that they have a God-given right to the land of Canaan. And that is an example of how powerful religious beliefs are. Next episode, we will continue with chapter six entitled The Covenant from the book Remnants of Ur. What a, a, a just an eye-opening, you know, I, I never really thought about these things before. And my goodness, to, I mean, it just blows my mind to think of what occurred that day. My and how goodness. it affects our planet today. Yeah. Thank you.
That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com.